on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Good afternoon, Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. We had a good weekend. Utah State with a big win in football. Interesting weekend in college football overall. Uh, the NFL, you have Major League Baseball, some teams clinching playoff spots, some teams getting eliminated from playoff contention. So, kind of a frustrating week for some, for those reasons. But uh, a lot of good things going on for Utah State. Dominic Everly named the Mountain West Conference Special Teams Player of the Week. What's his name? Uh, Dominic. What's his name? It was dominant for a good part of the oh, uh, game. Oh, stop it. He missed one field goal. Man, you and Aggie had to, fans are so... And I had so, to go back to his regular name. I always feel like, you know, I always felt in my whole entire life I was convinced that Utah U fans were the most intolerable fans in the country. Not just the state, in the country. And then Aggie Utes? fans pop up. Ahead of the BYU fans? Yes. Oh, by long and far away. Not even close. Really? Absolutely. And then you Aggie fans pop up. You know, we haven't won there. We haven't won there ever. We haven't beaten San Diego State since 1967. So what do the Aggies go and do? They beat the San Diego State Aztecs at San Diego, 23-17. I come back. I'm already grumpy. It was a long travel home. 6:30 a.m. on Sunday, I arrive. That you know, and I go to church in the morning, and all I hear is, "Well." They almost let it go. Go going to get a drink at a at a place today. Hey, what happened to the Aggies? And nearly blew it. You Aggie fans are the most ungrateful son of a guns I could possibly imagine. I bet you if they go win the Peach Bowl, oh man, well you should have won the national championship. <laughs> no one to I don't know what, what happened there. Come on. Uh, I I did get a few people say the the, the choices must be slim if Dominic Everly won the. Special teams player of the week. But look, the guy hit some key. Oh, shut up. The you ones just that he, knocked on him too. Don't. No, the no, ones don't. that he did make. Oh, geez. Where would they be if he hadn't made those? Well, I don't know, Eric. Why don't you tell me since you're just so low on Dominic right now? I'm not low on Dominic. <laughs> but you, will, you took away his nickname because <laughs> he missed one field goal. Uh, which didn't prove to be costly. Uh, yes. Thank you. And the other two that he made proved to be very helpful. Yes, true. Well, then shut it. <laughs> Unreal. You guys, you Aggie fans just amaze me. Yeah. I want to give out a shout out to those Aggie fans who stayed up late with us Saturday night. Yeah, how was the post game? Yeah, we got calls. We got activity on the mobile app. We were on the air That's until one thirty. That's great. It was That's, awesome. And you know what? Continue it. Continue it. It's, it's a great post game. Uh, for that you guys put together. It was a, by the way, I got a lot of compliments about Alan as pregame. I heard Alan Craig put together a great pregame show that many enjoyed, uh, and, and, and that's awesome. And again, you guys do incredible work with that. Cover the Aggies so well. Uh, it's so fun that you guys are, are, are able to do that, and you do it with, uh, um, yeah. Did, but did they have a press conference, by the way, after the game? Did who have a press conference? Yeah, like Utah State. Did they have like a press conference after the game or no? Because uh, don't no. they usually do like a presser 
on on the even on the road or no? They they probably make themselves available, yes. But Okay. We had to find a way to get that audio to you yeah, guys. We didn't have access to it. Hmm. Um Yeah, that game, uh we'll get into it more. But dude, when we you know when you start a game at eight thirty seven at night, well, mountain time, you're thinking we're gonna get here forever. The game went along quick for the first two quarters. Like, we were flying. I was like, hey. In fact, it was only an hour and a half, and we were midway through the third, Eric. Yeah, San Diego State's we were opening flying. drive was just chewing up half the quarter. And then it's just Utah State used a bunch of clock at times, too. So we're an hour and a half into this thing. Well, almost two hours into the third quarter. And and, uh, and I'm thinking, we're going we're gonna to get out of here on time. But then, like, 40 reviews, 33 penalties... <laughs> And 20 timeouts later, it's nearly midnight, and I thought, nope. Well. So much for that. That sucks. Hey, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Rocky Long. Talk about timeouts. Rocky Long's clock management late Holy in the game. Holy cow. That was so bizarre. Dude, call him. He's an you experienced coach. Utah State's driving, chewing up clock. <laughs> they have a six-point lead. <laughs> They're getting into a range where they could add to that lead, and he refuses to call his timeouts to stop yeah, the clock. Like he's sitting there, and we th- and so I thought, okay, well after this first first down play, he'll call it. Maybe it's just because you want to you want to try your best to at least spare yourself one timeout going into your possession. Nope, it's just okay. I'm like, all right, maybe he's gonna try and spare two timeout. All right, maybe he's thinking he's going to get like a turnover here because this isn't working. It's not and like he, just, he has an explosive quick strike offense either. What surprised – got to really wait till five. But what surprised you more? Agnew decided uh, that he's going to run and, and, and do the bird challenge blindfolded <laughs> and, and run on the field the opposite way, blindfolded. That was really weird. <laughs> or Rocky Long not using his timeouts. <laughs> Somehow getting away with that it, That was though. a weird series. Somehow getting away with it miraculously. And he probably thought, yeah, I'm a genius. I didn't use my timeouts, and they missed a field goal? Yeah. I mean, Mount West Conference Coach of the Year here. <laughs> and then Agnew's like, nah, let me take it in my own hands, Coach. What's the play call? Run backwards 20 yards. 35-yard jet? All right. Hey, guys, uh, I'm just going to run it backwards. Let the guy come after me, and then I'm going to try and find someone wide open. Hey, huge props to Justice Tae and Nick Henninger chasing just chasing him down. after him. <laughs> that was a, I, you know, and it I took asked, away any lanes, <laughs> any hope of trying to recover. The, and, and I asked Henninger like, "What was your thought process?" And he goes, "Dude, I was just running." But I think at that point you're like, "Dude, where are you going?" And and, and our box was right next to coach uh, the, the coach's box, and the window was wide open to see him, and you just see like. I kind of just glanced over just to see the reaction. He's running backwards to see, like, what's, what are they doing? And <laughs> you just see all the heads in unison just looking, like, slowly going from right, going to left. <laughs> and and Enna's mouth was wide open. <laughs> just like, what are you doing, man? And then they all kind of just looked at each other like, huh? All right, well, we got the ball. That game's over. <laughs> and, I mean, they were excited. They were thrilled. It was a big win for them. Uh I okay, think there's so a sense of relief. That that play, and then contra- contrast that with one of the bad snaps that went to Jordan Love. Ugh. And instead of running for his life backwards, he was able to recover, roll out, still chuck it 20 yards downfield, and almost get a completed pass. 
That was one of the most NFL caliber. Like, so you're going to hear Coach Harrison later on in the uh, five o'clock hour. We're going to play some audio for you. Talk about Jordan Love doing the little things. That was one of the little things that he does. Yes. I mean, because a lot of quarterbacks, a major, excuse me, a majority of them would just fall on the ball, take the loss, go to the next down. Jordan or, or freak out and throw it, yeah, and, get, and then get it picked off, and you don't know why. I mean, turnovers are the worst thing. Or grounding. Jordan picks it up, realizes the situation, and gets rid of it, sparing themselves a loss of yardage. Well, he darn well still almost made a great play yeah. out of it. Was that the Savon Scarver? Was that the one that yes. was short? Scarver what was it the just one came up just he, a little bit short. What was the one that we were going from uh, north to south and left around your radio dial or left around your TV screen? And um, he picked it up and threw it away immediately. Real and, and like and like, but got himself outside of the tackle box. Well, and Gerald Bright was in the area. Yeah, too. and he was in the area. But just having the, a vision of like, okay, my guy's here. I can get rid of this. Just something like that. Again, sparing the loss of yardage. It's just stuff like that where you think, dang, man, like it, it's been nice to have him, but good luck on Sundays next year, man. <laughs> Well, it, it, it's been fun to see his progression yeah. this year. Just even with the first three games. Because in the opener, he got a little rattled on some of those rollouts when he was flushed and threw some interceptions. On Saturday, he didn't. A very, very clean game by Jordan Love uh, late Saturday night. And we'll get into more of that uh, coming up next yeah, hour. Yeah, we want to so make stay sure. Stay tuned for that. We've had fans who said, hey, can you save your stuff for 5 o'clock? Because we get off of work at 5 and we want to tune in to hear what's going on. What do we miss? Um, by the way, if you do miss the show in its entirety, Eric's not rolling right now. I am, actually. Oh, you are? Yes. Well, that's great. Then Little we can faith. save our show Little on uh, 106.9 The Fan. You can you can uh, go to all podcast platforms, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, and iTunes, and find our show and, and listen to the whole shebang. Um, but... Yeah, we, we want to save our stuff for the 5 o'clock hour for Aggies. Not because we don't think it's important, because it's obviously a, it's a top of priority, but it's also we want to make sure everyone's able to hear our thoughts um, on, on a big, big Aggie win and some bizarre, like you said, Eric, one of the more bizarre games just based on play calling and ideas and backyard football that I haven't seen in a long, long time. Um, but... Uh, you know, let's. <laughs> Someone just tweeted me, AJ, you need to chillax a bit. No, you Aggie fans need to chillax a bit. God, they went to San Diego and you think the world's falling on you. Great win, great program win. The, the only fear that I have is that uh, there have been great program wins, defeating an opponent USU has struggled to win to beat historically, and the what happens after is not good. Case in point. Utah State beat Fresno State several years back. Riley Nelson was the USU quarterback at that time. Oh, that makes me feel old. And it was a big win. Everybody was like, this is a program-changing win. Utah State really didn't win any games after that. <laughs> Utah State defeats Boise State here in Logan. Three years ago. Big win. Everybody's calling in saying this is a program-changing win. <laughs> the following week, they got trucked by a San, by a San Diego State. So... Just as history has shown, take caution. I'm, I'm cautious about this weekend. Sure. Following up a big emotional win, beating a team that you've struggled to beat historically. Sure. But I think this is a big emotional game this week. Obviously, Colorado's going to come in ready to play. 
uh, desperate for a win. They uh, they fall short to Toledo, forty one thirty five. No Colin Hill. He's done for the year. So Patrick O'Brien comes in and and makes it happen. And darn near ended up winning that game on the last play. I mean, it was it was close. But uh, it's homecoming weekend for all the Aggies, and obviously a fun week for all for all the university and uh, the community involved. But I I mean, just the way that coach is able to get these guys to focus, I don't think. There's two. There's really, and I shouldn't say it, but there's not a lot of worry in my mind about this Saturday. Now, next Saturday, where it's that's a whole nother monster to deal with. But uh, I don't know. I just I feel like this team's so locked in. It, it's incredible, and you know, you go to San Diego, and yeah, you, you know, it's this beautiful environment, and you know, there's a lot to do. But you know, they stayed focused, realized it was a business trip, and for the most part, I mean, really, the the scoreboard doesn't really tell you it, but Utah State dominated that game. So, yeah. Uh, but you're right. You know, just be cautious. One game at a time. One week at a time. And uh, a lot of a lot of praise needs to go to that defensive scheme. Holy defensive cow! And it was incredible by Utah State. Yeah, and and Anderson put that baby together and that, and saw that thing just fruition to something special. And right, secondary played a lot better this last week. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you'll hear Anderson very high praise for for that secondary and and what the. Ability to tackle, and, and he'll tell you why. Hey, uh, Regional 11 football, I missed it, and I missed a darn good weekend of Regional 11 football, sounds like. Uh, I mean, I don't know where to start, but uh, our Berber uh, play of the week, is that is the play of the night or play of the week? <laughs> our Berber play of the week uh, for Skyview fans. The Old Grist Mill bread and butter play of the game. Oh, sorry. For the Skyview game. Let's see. Bread and butter play of the game. Sky Skyview with a big win. Just, just totally deconstructed Ridgeline. What's going on with Ridgeline? They went from a team that was averaging like 40 points a game to, I mean, Madden-style offense to they can't score over 14 anymore. They're what really is going on? And, and maybe give credit to Skyview's defense. I wasn't at the game, but I mean, that's what I'm hearing is Skyview's defense came to play. Uh, and was was excellent. I mean, absolutely awesome. Which is, I mean, that's look. No Mason. I guess Mason Fultz will play wide receiver, and was just as lethal as he is at quarterback. That's that's trouble for the rest of Region Eleven, if you ask me. As long as he's on the field, he's lethal. Yeah, wherever they put him. Oh my heavens! Yeah, offense. he's something special. Uh, do you want? Should we call out? Do a call out for the bread and butter play of the game Yeah, right let's now. get it done and over with so I don't have to hear any more after this. I uh, should say that if you've won this recently, you need to give others a chance. We'll just- if you won it in the last three weeks, don't call. Just and if you call, we're going to hang up on you. Be clear about that. But if you know what the bread and butter play of the game was from the Skyview Ridgeline game Friday night, Hurricane John Newbold and uh, Rex Davis on the call, they choose these. They talk about it during their game. Talk about it in the post game. So if you were listening Friday, you should know what the the uh, old grist mill bread and butter play of the game was. So if you call us right now and can correctly identify what it was, who was involved, we will give you a certificate good for four loaves of bread to the old grist mill. So four three five seven five two one zero six nine. If you can correctly identify the. Bread and butter play of the game from Skyview and Ridgeline. Uh, Skyview dominating performance, thirty-eight to nothing over Ridgeline. Uh, but that that game surprised me in the margin of, of victory for Skyview. 
Not that Skyview won, but I think the game that surprised me the most was Mountain Crest Green Canyon. How about that? Green Canyon, after getting shellacked by Green by Mountain Crest, or not Mountain Crest, excuse me, Skyview, Mountain Crest turns on the defensive uh, you know, electric fence and, and just absolutely shuts down Green Canyon's offense. To this what, six nothing was that the final score, Eric? Six, six nothing. nothing. I mean, we know that offense can't do a whole lot, but that defense can can bring the can bring the house and 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 bring some. Uh, I don't know. It just it, it, they're stubborn, and and they really it's a bend but don't break kind of kind of defense and to to shut out to not only beat Green Canyon but to shut out Green Canyon. They go from being zero and four in preseason and staring at the bottom of the cellar. To now being two and zero, that's uh, in, in region, I should say, and then that's that's impressive. W- great work by uh, the Mountain Crest Mustangs. Uh, the other game was a really, really close one to talk about: uh, Bear River and Logan. And uh, Logan was in this game, and it was this was a back and forth game. There's not been many games that Logan has been in this season, but they were in this game Friday night. Uh, in the end, though, Bear River. Making just enough plays to win this one, seventeen to fourteen, a really close one there in Garland. Um, but um, Logan still looking for uh, their mm-hmm. first win in region play. Uh, but uh, as as this has all come together, as the weekend is over, the new RPI rankings were released this morning. Uh, I I wrote about it, kind of summarized it on CashValleyDaily.com today, and. It still has a lot of people really baffled as to how this comes together because you have Mountain Crest, who's now three and three, three spots below Ridgeline, who was only two and four. And Mountain, Mountain Crest, Crest isn't beat three. Green Canyon. Mountain Crest isn't three and three. They're two and three, right? No, they're three and three. We're six games into this year. No, who they? Yes. They they lost the first four games of region, right? They no. Yes. They lost to Salem Hills, Wasatch, Box Elder, and Bonneville. That's four games. Then they started region and they beat Logan and they beat Green Canyon. So they're two and four? Do I have that wrong then? Yeah, you you definitely why would you ask why would you question me on that? I don't know. I've called all but one of those games, so I guess I wouldn't know what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I guess I'm just absolutely I wouldn't up in that. the night. You're right. They are two and four. You're They've welcome. won their last two. I'll have to amend that. <laughs> you looking reason, at me? No. Oh, oh, some reason I got that back. Somehow mixed up. Remind me of a U fan. <laughs> but still, uh, the fact that you know they uh, they beat Green Canyon, they, they only move up just a little bit, and Green Canyon barely moves at all in the ranking. Green Canyon last week was ranked second overall in the state. Uh, now they've lost two weeks in a row, but they're still the number five team in the RPI rankings. Ridgeline lost, but they moved up one. They moved up one. I want to reemphasize that. They moved up, even though they lost. So RPI is a funny thing. It's got a lot of people confused. Yeah, I and I'm... Look, uh, someone really wise told me, you know, Don Webb, I was talking to him, and he said something really interesting. He said, and this is before the season started, Don Webb told me this, I can promise you that at the end of this regular season, 
Someone in Region 11, even though they're going to state, is going to be very upset with the way this ended. And I've got a feeling that's going to be true now. As I look at this and the way it's being projected out, i got a feeling there's not going to be just one. There's going to be a couple teams who are going to be kind of livid. The crazy thing is, is that, like, for, I mean, like you said, uh, Green Canyon's already lost two games in a row, and they're still in the top five spot, which, guess what, means they still get a bye in the first round, even though their opponents are very similar to Green Canyon's. Uh, Box Elder, uh, well, I guess they didn't play Stansbury, did they? Um, Bonneville. So, I mean, there's two of those opponents. I know uh, they lost. You know, obviously, Green Canyon beat those two, and 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 MC lost. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's kind of amazing to me that they that is the way it is. And and I, well, yeah. the, the sport that's really going to make me kind of curious of how it all plays out is baseball. Baseball is going to be really intriguing to see how that affects teams. More so, uh, just with the amount of games that they play and all that. So, just no, no, nobody, not everybody's going to be happy in this process, and for legit reasons why. Yes, it's very well, very possible that you could have multiple teams have a better region record than you, but you, ha- because of your whole body of work, get a much higher seed in yeah. the RPI rankings. Because right now, Green Canyon is 0 and 2 in region play, but they're ahead of. At least two other teams that are undefeated in region play. Wow. Both Bear River and Mountain Crest are 2-0. and Hmm. Huh. But See, it because, doesn't make sense, does it, Because man? of who they've played and who their opponents have played, Green Canyon is higher than Bear River and Mountain Crest, who are both 2-0. and in region play. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's, like I said, it's just going to tick off a ton of people. And someone's, and it's, and it's going to mess someone up that the fact that they aren't going to be able to get to the state championship based on where they're seated and who they have to play next. Yeah, so uh, this will be an interesting week this coming week um, because... Skyview, they're at Mountain Crest. Mountain Crest is that's a big one. <laughs> on a little bit of a roll here. Their defense has been really, really impressive. Uh, can can Skyview maintain kind of what they're doing? Uh, Green Canyon versus Bear River. Yeah, Green. I mean, Bear River's got a little bit of their own thing. You know, Josh Payne's now starting quarterback for Bear River. They made the change there, and it seems like they've got something good in Josh Payne. Uh, defensively, they've they've they still have some holes, def- and uh, I'm talking about their secondary, and there's still some gaps to to finish off there. It sounds like they've been getting beat. Yeah, but a that lot. defense is also keeping them in a lot of these games. Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, on the other side, Green Can just needs to get a fix and get a fix quickly. You cannot be zero and three. I, I know it's region is now pretty much you know blurred into the same lines as preseason. But you cannot be 0-3 in region and expect to hang on to your spot. They're lucky that with two losses, that they're still in the top five. Yes, it's incredible. A third straight loss might, I mean, push them out of that with, I know you get Logan, but you, let's see, Logan and who else, Ridgeline, to, to play after that. That's crazy. We don't have three games left in region. Oh, my heck. But yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Kind uh, of interesting. And Logan plays Ridgeline. 
I feel bad for is Logan, this, man. Is this is this the first win that Logan gets in region play this Friday? <sighs> just that Ridgeline offense just doesn't seem to be really coming together. Well, not and a lot defensively, of defensively. They're giving up a lot. Well, over their Lo- last two games, Logan's defense is giving up a lot, and offensively, they're not getting a lot. So, no, something's got to give. Yeah, I mean, one of those two's got to get out of the out of the offensive rut that they're in. And find something defensively. Is that at Ridgeline or at Logan? It's in Logan. Okay. I don't know. Maybe Logan does get that much needed win. If it does, that's a that's a downer for Ridgeline. I have to lose that game if they do. But you, you know, you never know. It's those two teams when when they're desperate for a win. You know, we'll play with a little bit of anxiety or you know a little bit of anxious and and a little bit more you know vinegar and, and spice in themselves, just wanting to get out of there, get out of the cellar of the Region Eleven basement. If there's any edge, I'd have to give that to Ridgeline because their head coach was Logan's head coach last year, and he'll know a lot of those players, um, what their where their strengths are. Um, that that was part of what played the advantage for Skyview, and how they dominated Ridgeline this last Friday. Yeah. So that's just it's man, what a turnaround in region play though. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Uh, and then uh, Box Elder, close game for them, but they en- ended up losing to Viewmont on Friday, twenty to fifteen. So they drop a couple spots. They played well, huh? In the five A, uh, so they're eighteenth overall in five A according to the RPI. Mm. So why do the RPI? Why does it matter? It's the new way of of seeding the playoffs, um, and the, more teams are involved in the playoffs. But if you're in the top 10, you get a first-round buy. So, just know, I mean, like I said, not everybody's going to walk away happy in that. No. But as of this moment, four teams in Region 11 would have a first-round buy. I don't think it's going to stay that way. No, me neither. Whatever you're seeing right now could easily and most likely will change by the end of the season. So wait, there's only three region games left then, right? We're I mean we're halfway through region play. But I mean, but besides the UEA game on October 16th. I was gonna say, because if you include the UEA game, you've got four games. Yeah, which I guess you should now, right? But three games left in region play. If you're Logan High, you only have three games left because they don't have a UEA game. Is are they the only school that doesn't have a UEA game or is it anybody else? In region eleven, they oh, are the only school. The only school? Okay. Well, and, and that's the crazy thing is, will it help? Right. It's I mean, a, now that you're going to play an extra game, is that going to bump you up and give you a boost? But if you lose it, it could knock you out. But yeah, what's what's the risk-reward of not playing a game over UEA weekend and how it affects your RPI? For Logan, the type of season they're having so far may not matter. But there's three games left on the schedule. I. I can't believe we're already that far. Holy cow! And and when I when I was looking at the calendar, you know you got you got Colorado State, LSU, and then after that bye week, you're already halfway through the season for football, and you're two weeks away from Utah State Aggie basketball getting their exhibition underway. Aggie basketball begins practice tomorrow. Tomorrow, right at noon, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, it'll get going. Unreal. And once basketball gets going, then I mean in October we've. Got something going on almost every day. You got MLB baseball playoffs. You got basketball. You've got the Jazz. Uh, their media day is next Monday. Um, we will try and get audio for you. 
uh, Jazz fans and, and break down what we hear from them and, uh, you know, uh, well, this team is a contender for West Conference title. But then you also, Jazz play their first game October 9th uh, in preseason. And then they're, they're, they're off and running. Good heck. I mean. It's a great time of the year. Well. Lots of fun stuff going on. Unless you're a Cubs fan. Let's, <laughs> yeah, to bring that up. Uh, hey, a reminder, we're looking for the the bread and butter play of the game from the Skyview football game Friday night. If you can correctly identify what it was, who was involved, we'll give you four loaves of bread from the old grist mill, 435-752-1069. And you've already won, don't call me. I don't even want to hear your voice. Coming up next, we'll get into uh, what happened in the, in the pros. Talking to you, squirrel. NFL. Uh, how did our pick six go? Major League Baseball playoffs. Some big things happen. How this the past Cubs weekend. doing? That's what we really want to know. Uh, we'll do our best to try not to get into that. Coming up next and on the Full Court Press. Pick six. In Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. matter how you lose at this time of the year. It's, it sucks. It's loss of loss. Uh, especially with seven games left. It's, it's, it sucks. It does suck. It's Anthony Rizzo, Chicago Cubs. <laughs> with still seven more games to play. Do they have to play them? <laughs> Eric, it is so good to see you just just be miserable with your Cubs. It is so good to see it. it why? You guys were spoiled. Why do you, you revel in man, my misery? You guys won a championship. You guys act like you won the championship every year since 2015. Now you didn't make the playoffs this year. Yeah, we won the championship in 15, though. Beat the Indians in seven. Who hasn't beaten the Indians in seven? Well, we still won the championship. We're the greatest team in, in baseball history. Because we won the World Series. No Cubs fan has ever made that claim. Oh, you guys, plenty of Cubs fans still make that claim. What's so frustrating is that before last week, they had won like five in a row. They were not only in position for a wild card, but they were still fighting to win their division. And then they proceed to (laughs) go on this epic losing streak where they're competitive in every game, and yet they lose every game by one run. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so they're okay. out of the running now. They're out. Milwaukee's in it, right? My boys, the Milwaukee Brewers. Sickening. Looking spicy, I guess. And not- why is my internet work? Our engineers need to have a chat. Um. So my my question is 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 does Milwaukee make it? Oh yeah, Milwaukee's got a a healthy cushion. Ahead of the Cubs, it, the Brewers and the Nationals are tied. I mean, yeah, that's it's just about positioning at this point. What? Uh, but looking at, I mean, the Brewers, they're on a bit of a hot streak themselves. They're doing very well. They've only lost what two games? Sounds about right. In the last couple of weeks. You know, it's 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 interesting to see 
They've got a series with Cincinnati. These are both on the road at Cincinnati and then at Colorado. Let's so. see if I can. Um, by the way, the uh, playoffs start October 3rd with the NLDS of game one. October 1st will be the two wildcard games. But it's. If the playoffs were to end today, I like this. I like this thing. If the playoffs were to end today, right? As of right now, it's what you're staring at. Wildcard game, Indians or Rays at the A's. Division Series wildcard winner would be, uh, uh, would play, and then the winner of that game would play the Houston Astros, while the Minnesota Twins play the New York Yankees. And then in between, whoever wins, I guess, whoever wins, uh, right now there's a, Astros hold the tiebreaker over the Yankees. If the two teams finish with the best record in the in the AL for postseason home and field advantage, you know what's interesting? I I feel bad for Oakland A's. Dude, they can never catch a break. I mean, dude, you you do get that buy in that first one. Hopefully, Cleveland or Tampa Bay come in your house, but then you got to play the freaking Astros. The good news is, is that in the ALCS you'd have the correct matchup: Astros and Yankees. Yankees win that easily in six, maybe five. I just, I mean, based on the one through nine lineup that the Yankees have, they're they're absolutely positively that much more better than the Astros, without a doubt. Um, on the on the NL side, this is where I mean, and again, my condolences to you and your Cubs. I, I know it's... You don't even mean it. Don't yeah, even, don't I even mean, say it. You don't mean I it. I feel bad that you guys won't win your fourth straight World Series championship this year. It, it makes me sick. Um, but the wildcard game would be Brewers at the Nationals. And then uh, this ticks me off. Which, that could change as far as who the home team is. Well, Cardinals versus the Braves would get the winner. Would winner would get the Dodgers? Why? What's the point of winning your division? If you're just going to have to play the best team anyways. You know what we should do? We should just go get, take... Uh, my brace should just go take the top wildcard spot. Forfeit every game until they get to the wildcard spot. Take the wildcard spot and play the Nationals. Because then who do you get? Do we know? Or were they... Who's the other team in it? In the, the, the National League? Yeah. St. Louis. Yeah, they win the Central. Okay, so wait, is it just... So Atlanta would play St. Louis. Los Angeles plays the winner of the wild card. Something's weird here. This isn't making sense to me. Um, okay, so Milwaukee would play at Washington in the wild card game. Right. Division Series then wild card winner faces would, the Dodgers. Would face the Dodgers. They have the best record. And St. Oh, and St. Louis plays the Braves. Yes. Okay, and that's a, okay, and that's a series in itself. Okay, never mind. We're clear. Well, okay, then take my previous statement back about having to play the Dodgers after a wild card game. We're good. Okay. Whew, I can breathe. I was trying to follow your line of reasoning, and I wasn't. Yeah, sorry. That, okay, we're good. We're, we are great. You're okay now? Yeah, yeah. We're going to knock out the Dodgers in, in seven. After you get past the Cardinals? Yeah. Oh, the Cardinals aren't that good. I don't know. The Cardinals continue to show their true colors. And I think more the more in the, as we go into the playoffs, it's, it, it will show. Dodgers so are a monster. They've been showing an ability to close win games, apparently. 
Dodgers are... <laughs> Well, that's because the Cubs know how to choke. The Cubs know how to lose close. They are Steve Bartman-ing this. Um, the Dodgers are a monster, though. Oh. Who do you think... Okay, give me... Let's do this. If it's Astros and Yankees, tell me this. Who has the advantage in pitching? Who would you say? Um... Ooh. That's a good question. I'm probably inclined to lean a little more to Houston. As I am, absolutely. But hitting, advantage who? Yankees, Astros. How is the health of John Carlos Stanton? Yeah. I still, I still think I still, I still think 80% John Carlos Stanton will still be lethal. Yeah. And then on the other side, like you look at it, Dodgers, I mean, I think... Oh, the, the Yankees uh, just, uh, didn't they just pull out Herman? Because of like some domestic violence type. Oh, that's right. That's right. That affects their rotation. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the other side, like I don't know who'd be more competitive versus the Dodgers, Brewers, Nationals, Cardinals, or Braves. Who would give them the best series? Uh, I I kind of feel like the Braves would probably give them the the best series. The thing is, is that they're going to be so outmanned on the mound versus the Dodgers. They're deep. That Dodgers bullpen, their starting rotation is just, I mean, they're so I, good. I totally agree. I think the Dodgers have the easiest path to the World Series. Absolutely. Of anybody yes. in the playoffs right now. Because I don't think the Brewers or Nationals could compete with them in, in on their best day and Dodgers' worst day. Cardinals might have a shot based on their ability to play great defense. All one, I mean, everybody in the outfield, everybody in the infield, third to first, left to right. I, it's it's incredible defensively. Cardinals are one of the best. The Braves have a great lineup, but against good pitching is what they struggle with, especially pitchers who can mix off speed extremely well. And I think that's where the problem is going to come in for Atlanta. I hope the Dodgers don't go to the World Series. I really don't. But I don't see anybody else stopping them. Hopefully, my Braves can beat them in six. But I'm not look. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent optimistic. But I'd love to see an Astros-Yankees ALCS. I'd be okay with that. That'd be good for TV and ratings. <laughs> there are some pretty historic teams in the hunt here. Uh, yeah. A lot of notable teams that have had some success over the years. Sure. Uh, either recently or historically. So uh, I think it could shape to be a pretty interesting uh, Major League Baseball postseason, even if... Uh, Certain really good historic team isn't there, at least more recent history. Just because they won one World Series. Sorry, you guys won four straight World Series. My bad. They've been a good competitive team for the last few years. I don't know. We'll see what happens to their coaching staff. Maybe time for a change. (laughs) Have a couple of mediocre seasons where you barely missed the playoffs. Fire them! Who's worse, everybody? Cubs fans or Ute fans? Text me or tweet me. Ute fans. Absolutely. Cubs fans are really generally just happy-go-lucky. No, they're not. That is the biggest bunch of crap. No. That is not even close to being true. We're, we're sad if they don't get there, but it's not no, like dude, the end of the world. No, dude, you guys freaking put a funeral together for six months. 
I mean, I mean, and you guys are given like, I mean, you call Harry Carey for the Yology, uh, yeah, you call Steve Bartman to come in and, you know, you ask him to give a, uh, to play some sad music on the organ. You ask Moises Alou to come in and give a, uh, you know, a prayer over the Cubs dynasty. I mean, it's unreal what you guys go through. I mean, your six month just process of, 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 of grief and mourning. I feel bad for you guys. I really, I mean, I just, I do. I feel bad. You guys are so close to making the playoffs. And no, you don't. Stop pretending. Jam, you bam, thank you, ma'am. You don't care. I do care. I care about you guys not winning your fifth straight World Series. <laughs> I wish you could fix it. Stop. This, this drought that you're on. Stop. So, <laughs> what? <when> it- <laughs> Couple, several teams have already clinched. Yankees, they clinched. Houston, they clinched. Still waiting to, to decide what happens in the Central, though that should probably be happening very soon. Who, so how are the Twins A's are in? probably going to win that one, likely. Just a matter of... So is it a wild card for the A's then? Is that what it is? Oakland, yes. They're going to be a wild card. And they're, they've pretty well decided they are the wild card team. Are they? Okay. The question is, will the other one be Tampa Bay? Will it be Cleveland? If Cleveland doesn't make that, man, that's got to be frustrating for them, especially to lose it to Tampa Bay. Uh, the Braves, they clinched the National League East. Cardinals just recently clinched the National League Central. And a while ago, the Dodgers clinched the National League West, the most boring league in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, hey, by the way, want to give a shout-out to Tyson Martin. Who's he? He called in and correctly identified what the old gristmill bread and butter play of the game was for the Skyview Bobcats from Friday night. And it was a 58-yard touchdown catch that was thrown not from, but to Mason Falslev. And this was right before the first half ended. Gave Skyview a 7-0 lead. Uh, Case and Carlson threw the pass. 17 seconds left on the clock. And that really sparked things for Skyview Look, going into you, halftime. If you ever wonder what the what the bread and butter player the thing is, just think of something that Mason Faltzler did, and that's probably going to be it. Okay, <laughs> just say Mason Faltzler did something, and you're probably going to get it right. You're halfway there. Hey, hey how do we do in your CV pick? Uh, I was just pulling that up, looking I, at. Our... I actually didn't do my picks last week. What? Yeah, I forgot. Well, that's unfortunate. So I know I did better than you in that, at least. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got to recap our pick six. Uh, no, we don't. What spicy nuggets happened in there? Uh, pick six winner. Or not pick six winner. Yes, pick six winner is <laughs> Cash, Cash Valley Media Group shows. Preps Pick'em Contest. Courtesy of the Logo Shop, Booster Club Headquarters for High School Competitive and Club Teams. Uh, this was uh, going into week six. And Brandon, I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name. Brandon Ayot. Stabbed it. A-Y-O-T-T-E. Also known as Mantaway B. I just go with Mantaway B. Congratulations, Mantaway B. The t- the highest score this last week in our Preps Pick'em contest. And he wins a $150 gift certificate to the Cater Shop. And because he had the highest score, because he did make his picks, he got the most right. 
He's automatically entered into our grand prize drawing, which will be a 65-inch 4K TV from Lens Audio and Video. Nice. So he's a he's an automatic qualifier for that. And 150 bucks to the cater shop. Dude, uh, and that's a big deal, too. $150 to the cater shop? You get a lot of stuff. There. Oh, man. Shirts. That's money. Ties, socks, shoes. Uh, by the way, so this Wait, week... Wait, do they not sell cooking utensils? Uh... No, I'm serious. Is that cater shop? Yeah, maybe for missionaries. Huh? But I don't think that's. If you're looking for cooking utensils, that's probably not the place I think of. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're thinking of. (laughs) Uh, But this week, make sure you get your picks in, and if you have the highest score, you could get a hundred dollar gift certificate to McDonald's. That's awesome. A lot of people could use hundred bucks at McDonald's. By the way, after a four-year absence, the McRib is coming back. So you get a lot of McRibs, the 100 bucks. So make sure you get your picks in. Uh, Rich Rebels, they do have a home game this Friday, so that kicks off at 4 o'clock. Mm. So you have to make sure you get your picks made <clears throat> early Friday. And um, you, if you get them right, you could win 100 bucks to McDonald's. So this week... Um, interesting selection of games. We've already kind of gone through some of those in Region 11. The other games uh, that don't include Region 11, North Summit is at Rich. West Side is at Aberdeen. Box Elders hosting Bountiful. Those two teams are right next to each other in the RPI rankings, by the way. That's a tough call on that one. Uh, Bear Lake is hosting Marsh Valley. And Preston is hosting the Bonneville Bees. Uh, Malad, by the way, they're at Soda Springs. So those are the other teams Playing this weekend that you can choose from, make your picks known, and on the bonus game, put in what you think the score will be between Skyview and Mountain Crest. So those are the picks in our Cash Valley Media Group Preps Pick'em Contest presented by The Logo Shop. Uh, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, yeah, we'll look at the pick six, what happened there, and what happened in the NFL in week three. Backup quarterbacks seem to be the thing. Uh, a lot of starting quarterbacks are out. How have their uh, backups done so far? Some better than others. But uh, any surprises in week three of the NFL and the game tonight? We'll talk about that next here on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson, Full Court Press, rolling on. And it was an interesting weekend in the NFL. You had, uh, as we've talked about, and I touched on this on Friday's show, a lot of starting quarterbacks are already out just a few weeks into the regular season. Was it uh, six? Six starting quarterbacks are out either permanently or for some extended period of time. Uh, and some, the backups are doing quite well. Uh, look what happened with the Carolina Panthers. 38 to 20. Kyle Allen doing a nice job for the Panthers in Cam Newton's absence. Uh, and look what's going on with New York. Eli Manning didn't get hurt, he just got benched. So the Giants win 32 31, and they beat the Buccaneers. Oh, the good old world of football. Daniel Jones, 23 of 36, 336 yards, two Ds, two TDs, no interceptions. 
He was sacked five times. Great job offensive line. Uh, that might be the reason for Saquon Barkley being in the shape he is. Uh, he had a 112 rating. And, dude, we were ragging on the Giants, ragging on the kid before he even took his first press conference. Comes in and wins a football game. Looking pretty good. Okay, what was the bigger surprise? The Saints winning in Seattle or the Rams struggling like they did against the Browns? Ooh. Saints winning in Seattle. Uh, dude, Seattle's a tough place to play at. It's a tough place to win at. And their defense came alive. They they, they shut down Russell Wilton in the second half. Um, kept him at bay. Uh, and they kept the running game at bay as well. I, I, I was impressed with the Saints. Yeah, Elton Kamara, strong running game from him. And not big yards, but tough running. Uh, but uh, the Los Angeles struggled on the road. I mean, they got the win, but... Uh, and then the, I guess another surprise for me too, 49ers, as many turnovers as they had in the red zone, were still able to beat the Steelers. How was the surprise to more? The 49ers being 3-0 or the Steelers being 0-3? Uh, with Ben Roethlisberger out, I'm I'm less surprised with the Steelers. Right Still, no. yeah, that's a that's an unfortunate one for them. Uh, also, three and zero the Bills, who by the way play the three and zero Patriots next Sunday afternoon. Mm. Um, Patriots dealing with some serious injuries, one after the other, falling like flies. So could be trouble in New England. Hey, good job for uh, uh, former Mountain West quarterback Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah, he's gonna get killed next week. <laughs> Uh, tonight in the NFL, it's the Bears at the Redskins. Oh, great, dude! What the six fifteen f- on ESPN? I'd rather watch Bachelor in Paradise. We'll, we'll reveal who won Pick Six coming up next hour, and a lot about I Utah think- State and San Diego State. Stay tuned. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. If you were out of the country for a couple of months, or you just haven't paid attention to the NFL lately, you might have wondered who are these guys playing quarterback. We're only through three weeks, yet guys like Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby Brissett, and Gardner Minshew are starting and winning. We've seen some surprising performances. Jones was great in his debut for the Giants. Allen was on fire for the Panthers. Bridgewater was solid for the Saints in Seattle. Brissett has been quietly outstanding for the Colts. And as for Minshew, well, there's a lot going on there, but he's played well. Is the lesson that it's easy to find a quarterback? Hardly. Some teams have been looking for years, and it's too early to draw any long-term conclusions. But it was exciting to see these guys play well in Week 3. It'll be even more fascinating to see if these young guys can sustain some success with some hard tests coming up in a grueling NFL season. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.